Good afternoon and welcome to the February 23rd, 2023 meeting of the Fitchburg Historical Commission. I now call this meeting to order. Uh, to everyone, please be advised that FATV is conducting an audio and video recording of this meeting for public broadcast. I ask uh, that anyone else in the audience who is recording this meeting to please identify themselves for the record now by standing and stating their name and address. Uh, I don't think there's anybody else present. Um, uh, we do have a quorum. Um, and I see that Ellen DiGeronimo, uh, Andy Lepasti, and Don Ostrowski and myself, Keith Fino, are here, which makes a quorum for our seven-member board. And let's move forward uh, with our agenda. Uh, first, first item on our agenda is a public comment period. Um, we were going to have a guest today uh, who was not able to make it because of the uh, snow parking emergency, and I'd like to read a uh, comment that uh, Jacqueline Widje, uh, Princeton, or excuse me, Fitchburg resident, is making for our meeting today. So um, this is, uh, her comment is speaking on agenda item number 10, uh, which is uh, further down in our agenda, which is possible project to document and share Main Street building histories, um, historic districts, tax credit, and other restoration reuse incentives. Um, her comment for this item 10, as we get to it later, um, this documentation of historic buildings is exactly what she, we should be doing. Instead of putting blanket unfunded mandates on every building more than 15 year, 50 years old to be demolished or every stone wall of a certain age or providence, you need to determine what actually is historic. I disagree, however, that tax incentives should be used because we're a poor city and we need our taxes for basics like roads. Instead, you should be pursuing grants from private institutions uh, that will not cost taxpayers anything. I sent you a list of foundations offering these last year. Further comment is, I feel that your very elitist board that doesn't consider how our city struggles economically, besides your proposed ordinance, you have talked about a community. Uh, you have talked about a community preservation tax on property transfers. Not sure if we have or not. And no, this is a horrible so. idea, and is also very inequitable. Um, consider that in Boston, the median net worth of a white family is two hundred forty-seven thousand five hundred dollars, while the median net worth of a black family is just $8. The COVID-19 pandemic has widened the racial wealth gap even more. Our statistics here in Fitchburg would show a similar gap. We shouldn't be opposing 
community that is a more minority population higher no, no. than the state average. I'm, I'm doing Be it on, on the computer. Because you're going to no, 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 we can't. the building of generational wealth among people and reinforce this wealth gap. You need, need to think about the bigger picture and the impact of your actions, not just your idea of historic aesthetics. Uh, in this, she's copying the Human Rights Commission because of the equity issue on her statement. So thank you, Ms. Bidjay. Um, perhaps a uh, clarification on the historic tax credits uh, that don't necessarily address all of her concerns. Uh, these are not... Um, what we were talking about in tax credits are not local uh, real estate tax credits or sometimes referred to as TIFs, um, but are federal and state tax incentives um, that have to meet stringent historic preservation um, requirements. These are obviously federally and state funded through other taxation. Um, and perhaps don't meet it. We did receive your list of uh, grant locations uh, for privately held grant funding. And um, we're quite aware of these. Um, and we certainly uh, will certainly do and offer these grant opportunities to people that request them and uh, presenting forward too. So. Thank you for your comment. Number two on the agenda, review and approve minutes of the January 26, 2023 meeting. Um, I understand uh, that Don had some minor recommendations of three minor corrections. Yeah, um, yeah I have that. Coding. Any, any other proposed uh, amendments to the draft? No, no. Do I hear a motion to approve the amended? I move that we approve the amended <clears throat> minutes. Um, minutes of the January 26, 2023 meeting. Um, a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? That's unanimous. Members present. Item number three, uh, Freedom's Way has and treasure list Mm. Uh, and host event. Uh, I forwarded uh, commission members an email that uh, we received from the, the Freedom's Way uh, group that includes uh, multiple municipalities, uh, mainly running up along the Route 2 corridor mm. uh, through Fitchburg and Ashby and a little bit beyond and slightly up into Southern New Hampshire of uh, communities that are on the Freedom's Way Trail. Um, each year uh, during the month of May, uh, and particularly this year, they're having a hidden, hidden, hidden treasure uh, publicized uh, list with information. And they're inviting Fitchburg, inviting us as a historical commission to um, perhaps help them join this effort and 
uh, a list. And this time it is featuring, I believe is primarily monuments and uh, memorials that are located within our city and to be able to provide a list by, I think their deadline is mid-April. And also uh, for one of those um, designated monuments um, or memorials to provide a sometime during the month of May, a scheduled event uh, at that particular monument with a, uh, a quick gathering in history of, of what is happening there or what, what it commemorates. Uh, could be a worthy piece uh, looking for volunteer or volunteers that might be interested in uh, working with that, perhaps verifying the uh, information uh, with other sources such as a historical society, or perhaps working in conjunction with a volunteer from there too. Uh, if any volunteers, um, well, I, I'd really be interested um, in, in volunteering. As you all know, I, I would need transportation and I'd have to plan, but I can, my kids could probably help me. Um, do you think, uh, for, well, are they going to give us a list or do we have to provide them the list of monuments? We would, we would generate the list. Okay. And um, I, I think, you know, we'd contact them and get the exactly how they want that formatted. Mm -hmm. Again, there's about a month and a half of time to get this list in. Mm -hmm. And also to pick a day and a, uh, a time that we could host and publicize uh, on the uh, Freedom's Way uh, website and their other uh, contact information of when that would be as one of the participating communities. So. Well, the, the one that really comes to mind for me is the Monument Park um, monument, you know, the monument itself. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll have our, our brochure ready so we, we'd have that available but there's a lot to talk about in that location uh, I'm thinking of others but there isn't really a place to stand I love the World War One monument in Moran Square but there isn't any place that people could stand it's you know it, it, it is surrounded by traffic um, or, or even the the upper common area the, the upper common yeah that's the first the first World War monument, the first World War monument is there. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and, you know, people could park at the, um, maybe they could use some other space at the, at the post office. Mm -hmm. and are they looking for kind of historical, national kind of war memorials or something, monuments? Is this um, I think it's it's kind of wide open, you know, hist historic open. commemoration of, of different different events. We have all the way from the, the marker that was just placed at the uh, Blossom Street uh, townhouse project that kind of commemorated a an early um, early school building yeah. and I believe a place of I can't remember what we had researched on the inscription there 
There's one up on Pearl Street um, of the another monument there that's not often seen. We have in in the list we could include the. Um, I'm sure there's a marker at the abolitionist park. Uh, certainly, all the upper common uh, monuments, mm -hmm. plural. Um, how about how about the fountain on the upper common? Is that something that could be included there? Oh, uh, yes. It's I, not a memorial. Yeah. No. Is, yeah, I think it was a gift of uh, Crocker or Wallace. I can't. Or Crocker, I believe. Yes, I, I think you're right. It's one of the two. I was trying to remember which one, but yes. Um, no, the monuments at the Upper Common of the First World War, Winged Victory, and then um, there's a um, fire department monument at, at the far end near the church. Yep, and the police, yeah, yep. Uh, and the police, the police well, that's the fire department. The police department monument is <clears throat> at the corner by the depot bridge. Right, right. Um, there's, there's also a marker in the ground where Calvin Coolidge did not give a speech. <laughs> he didn't give a speech that day. <laughs> oh, in the Upper Common. In the Upper Common, yes. Yeah, I forgot about that, Don. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of near the, the World War I monument, right? I think it's close by yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. There, yeah, the historical society may have some, obviously some, and perhaps even uh, DPW and Parks and Recreation may have some good information on the the monuments and public spaces also. So this could be a, a fun teamwork thing with uh, various various yeah. groups in the city, yeah. and you know, creating an event and and maybe a little publicity on our end also. Well, there was one of the former members of the historical commission had uh, was keeping a list of all the monuments and markers in the city, but I don't know what whatever happened to that list. I'll, I'll look, Dawn. I can't. Re I mean, I remember, and I reflect. I can remember what you're speaking to, but I, I don't know where the the list is. I know the city doesn't have a list. At least then we, we checked and there, there was no list of the, the monuments and markers in the city. In the city. <laughs> well, this could be a good resource. Um, and, and it could be something that if, if we are able to get this list started and perhaps uh, even post it on our website um, and have it available. Well, Keith, you uh, might remember who that was, who, who kept that list. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think he, was, he taught at Monty Tech uh, for a while, I believe. Yeah. And he was involved, he was in, <clears throat> involved with, uh, you know, or had a lot of knowledge in several, several of the companies and mills in town also. Um, we'll see if we can chase that down. Um, okay. So Ellen has volunteered. Anybody else would like to step in to help um, with this? I could, you want me to check with Susan Navarre? And, um, that would be if, great. See if she's also been asked about this. Sure, yeah, it might be a coordinated. They, they quite possibly have um, double 
double ask in our community. So, yeah. All right. In, uh, just just a thought um, in the in the park area in front of the upper common is also the Athalonjo monument, and that's very interesting too. Mm -hmm. So we might, you know, we. Um, you know, there, there are two or three things that we could point, you know, we could point out to people. Yeah. If, if it happens to be a war memorial, um, you know, the, the date it could be closer to Memorial Day. Um, so that there's kind of a connection with um, the uh, the original Memorial Day uh, mm -hmm. meaning of it, um, or any time during the month that that kind of works for any of them, obviously. Okay. Um, okay, so this is the uh, Freedom's Way hidden treasure piece, um, Ellen, and maybe Andy, if you if you're going to be at the Historical Society, maybe check with Susan um, mm -hmm. yeah. and see if there's some records, coordinate that with Ellen. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, and let me know if uh, your progress or if you need any additional help on that. Thank you. Um, number four, update on Monument Park, recommendation for park bench replacement, cast iron fencing repair and restoration, stone entry step repair monument base repair and to this we've added um, the actual central monument uh, sculpture and uh, pedestal sculptures plural um, which is a renowned um, sculptor and yes. um, bronze caster uh, originally from Ireland I believe anyhow um, uh, and at our last meeting, um, <clears throat> I think the mayor, who it, uh, was a, a guest also, was uh, was helping us kind of move this along, and particularly the, the monument also, uh, seeing if it needs some specific restoration. Um, I've, uh, including our, our letter that we had written to um, Nick Erickson, uh, I've had a reply back from Nick uh, also that he will be taking a look into this and kind of passing it on to the uh, Parks and Recreation Division. And uh, since then, I've, I also copied, uh, well, I've contacted by email Nick Capasso from the Art Museum who recommended a sculpture um, preservation uh, firm mm -hmm. uh, that is already looking uh, contracted, I believe, by the city to look at the Boys and Turtles Fountain uh, in the Upper Common, which is a, a bronze statue and its fountain surrounding circular fountain with turtle turtles. Um, and Uh, through through uh, um, Liz Murphy has said that I believe they've already started and the firm has already started the evaluation of that particular sculpture. 
and we will uh, has yet to have made contact to see if uh, it could be in, if the monument park statue could be included in that also. Um, as a follow-up, uh, I have uh, Liz Murphy from uh, Planning and Development has recommended that we coordinate our work with the Parks Commission, which is a similar commission to ourselves. Um, and the, uh, the new Parks and Recreation Director City Employee is uh, James Bunnell. And I believe that's how James pronounces his last name. Uh, and he has gotten back to me saying that uh, he's received uh, the partial list uh, by, by email. And I, this, this was just as of yesterday, I will get back with James and uh, fill him in a little bit more on the um, kind of the role that the Historical Commission has with Monument Park. And perhaps also um, see if um, we could be uh, maybe attend one of the Parks Commission meetings to just let all of the park commissioners, uh, the volunteer commissioners like we are, uh, be aware of kind of our dual uh, responsibilities mm -hmm. over Monument Park itself and uh, and to work. So we're working with the commissioners and also the parks director uh, to uh, see if we can um, start some scheduling and budgeting for these projects in a, in a coordinated fashion. That would be wonderful. Um, who is, James, who is... James, James also mentioned that uh, they are uh, aware of the, the rumor, I'll put it this way, of the perhaps and bolds for the, the cast iron fencing that uh, they're going to be taking a look for those again at, at the DPFW facilities to see if they can be found, which is could be a savings and uh, recreation of those uh, cast iron missing balusters. Who is James again, Keith? What, what's his role? Um, Director of Parks and Recreation. Director of Parks. Yes, he took the place of uh, Nate LaRose, who mm -hmm. was at one of our meetings um, last year sometime. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of in the works. It's uh, I will follow through soon and try to keep you posted of uh, any uh, progress and any meetings we might have if we can get on the agenda, perhaps for March. Okay. Uh, with the Park Commission. Just so we're all kind of uh, on the same page. So um, you know, some good movement on that, and uh, we'll see. It, it's an, it's uh, I think it's uh, getting everybody aware of, of the, the various roles, and uh, uh, you know, the parks has lots of parks they deal with, and you know, hopefully we can get on there priority list of various functions and budgeting for these things. 
Okay, update on historic building demolition delay. Um, any update on that or? Well, I, I think we're planning to talk to the uh, committee, the board of the uh, Historical Society. We have to set up uh, a meeting with that. Um, you know, I've been uh, looking at the um, demolition delay resource book, uh, which has a list of all the uh, communities in Massachusetts that have demolition delay ordinances. And it's quite a long list, over 130 communities. And, uh, you know, some, some are six months delay, some are 12, some are 18. I think one of them, a couple of them are 24 months. Um, the, I, I, I get a sense that there is a, a real misunderstanding of what uh, historic preservation is all about, especially for a community like Fitchburg. It's not just historical aesthetics. Um, it's, there's a reason, there are reasons why Fitchburg as a city is having difficult economic times. While other cities, not just Massachusetts, but New England, uh, former mill towns, industrial centers are doing quite well. And the certain decisions were made in Fitchburg, some of them, significant number of them in terms of destroying historic resources, intentionally destroying historic resources. And the, the master plans that I've seen for economic recovery in Fitchburg say you have to use your historic resources. Uh, this is essential. Uh, and this is what the demolition delay ordinance hopes to contribute to. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's easy to dismiss kind of they uh, all are just interested in historic aesthetics. No, as a, as a uh, resident of Fitchburg, I am absolutely essentially concerned with economic revival. And one of the significant ways to do that is through use of historic resources, as we're doing with the, the brochures and, and the markers for the historic districts and areas. Um, and I think I need to put that into this uh, uh, resource book. Yeah, the demolition delay resource book to explain, you know, this, this isn't just, oh, we want to keep some old buildings. There, there is a larger picture here that needs to be explained uh, uh, because I, my sense is that in general, the, the people aren't getting it. I mean, the, the commission does, and the historical society does, but in general, uh, you know, as we saw with the attempts to renovate City Hall, uh, there was a lot of opposition to that. They weren't a lot of people just wanted to tear it down because that's their knee-jerk reaction. Oh, old building, tear it down. Old structure, tear it down. 
Well, you're losing something of the identity of the community, of the city, when you do that. And, and if you're going to tear something down, it needs to be given careful consideration. Um, so I will include that in the, in the demolition delay resource bill. Mm -hmm. I, I, just to follow up, Don, with what you're saying, um, I, I, I give a lot of thought to how do we educate people? You know, we, um, uh, you know, there, there are people who just say, well, let's build new or let's do this and that. But um, I, my own personal experience with, in working, in my working years, I've seen communities that have really um, built on their historic, uh, the history of their community and buildings, of course, tie in with that and have been very successful. And, and you know, um, we, need to, we need to think about how we can help people better understand what it is that we're passionate about. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's so much evidence, so many examples of cities, not just in the US, but in Europe, that turned attention to their historic buildings and historic resources, and now are thriving economically in great part because of that. So I don't, why is it that people think, oh, Fishburne can't do that? Well, why not? I, I don't, <laughs> what, this, this, this is something, this is a well-trod path by many other cities, Salem, for example, uh, which Alan, you know about, well-trod path, we know it works. And then people say, oh, well, no, we can't do that in Fishburne. Well, why not? I don't understand. Um, I, I think um, it, as the comments that we have gotten in the past when it's discussed. Um, I think um, although they, the, the, uh, it's built into the ordinance and I, I think we should look at these items into it and perhaps even uh, address them more strongly yes. uh, is the, the idea that if, if a building falls under the qualification of uh, how old it is or whatever the criteria of our final ordinance is, that in cases where um, where it you know it isn't really a building that has significant value or it can be rapidly processed and it doesn't slow down the, the property owner from being able to do a demolition, uh, in particular, if the building, uh, even though it falls under a year built, let's say category, uh, that it doesn't doesn't necessarily contribute to the heritage of the city, and there is a, um, you know, and it, and it and it doesn't contribute, and it wouldn't have any specific historic value by going through a demolition delay process. Um, that there is a rapid process for exempting or eliminating that, you know, the the delay period. Again, the delay is a delay period and not a not a restriction to demolish. It's just a 
a time period for evaluation. Um, but there is a faster time period that many buildings would be eliminated and how quickly that is in a, in, I believe there's also provisions where there is uh, public safety involved. Let's say there's a fire in a building that would fall under this age piece and there needs to be for public safety reasons, there needs to be demolition. There would be no delay in this, and this could be called by the building commissioner. Uh, other fast review periods for buildings that wouldn't necessarily qualify, even though they would fall under a, a certain age bracket. And I think these need to be highlighted um, strongly and uh, at the beginning, <laughs> that these buildings wouldn't be considered um, um, and it's not the point of the demolition delay to have all buildings in the category go through the delay process, but uh, those that would qualify, and particularly things that public safety issues would not you know, be subject to the demolition delay. So the building pieces, I think that are in our current draft, um, need to be mentioned often, perhaps even at the beginning and at the end, or uh, maybe could be explained um, also in, in your handbook that you're uh, are developing too. Okay, great, thanks Keith. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just add, I think referencing the other cities and towns that, that have this kind of delay program would be good to document too, which I think you do. Okay, um, we will continue Next on. Next step is to set up a historical a meeting with the board of the historical society. Okay. Uh, I think we've already gotten feedback from various uh, people in the city about this particular ordinance. Have it repeat. Uh, do we want to send it out to other council members, other city officials? Um, I, I think with a good cover letter, that would be perhaps appropriate. Um, okay. uh, do you want to come up with a, uh, a list of who you would like to, or people, maybe, you know, talking with your own counselor of your, your own wards um, and introducing it to them and having a one-on-one -on -one, uh, could be certainly a, a uh, Good introduction and being your representatives uh, could be getting their thoughts and recommendations on uh, proceeding on this too. Okay, I'll do that. And uh, others, others on the commission that would like to speak with your your counselor or or at large counselors also and uh, get. Uh, get feedback from some individuals and uh, before it becomes in a kind of a widespread presentation to uh, governance. Um, Don, do, do we have the, the latest um, version? Or do you want to make some changes and then send, you know, email it to us? I'll send you the latest version. Big pardon? I will send, I will send uh, all, all members of the commission the latest version. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay. 
Number six, update on appreciation and preservation of historic stone walls and structures. Um, I believe, you know, before Latin, our previous meeting, I think you had made a presentation uh, with the Historical Society Board to get some feedback. Uh, very, very similar type of um, piece. I don't, did you get any negative feedback from the, uh, the board members? I think so. No negative feedback. No. Any positive feedback? <laughs> Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yes, um, and and again, it's the it's the idea that stone walls tend to be invisible to people yeah, right. until one points out that they are there, and one of the things you Pete, have been um, mentioning is the. Uh, Many of them are made of granite from uh, rollstone quarry. Right. And that that is of huge historical significance for Fitchburg. And uh, we should do our best to identify insofar as we can uh, those particular uh, stone walls. Uh, but well, yeah, go ahead, Ellen. Yeah, I um I have been fascinated with the, the wall behind B.F. Brown mm. that, you know, supports High Street. Yeah. I mean, that, that wall is absolutely gorgeous. And then, <laughs> although I've never been able to really look at it, I just ride by it, but the, the, um, the wall that is from the corner of um, Kimball and, um, oh, it isn't well. Rollstone Street comes down mm -hmm. and and meets Kimball By Street. The German Church. Be pardon. By the German Church, Rollstone Street goes into. It well, you, you come. It, that's the bottom of that street, and then you've got um, Kimball Street coming, and then there's you know you have uh, Kimball Street going down to meet um, the the intersection of Laurel and uh, Cross Street and the Putnam, Putnam Street. Mm -hmm. um, and along on the right-hand side, if you're coming from Kimball Street, the wall is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, yeah. And yeah. I, I've often wondered if, they, if, 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 if it's a lot of quarry stones. But the, we should find out. We should find out. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I know uh, Pete Capadagli uh, <clears throat> has a lot of knowledge of the quarry, <clears throat> yeah. and and the historical society does also. But I, mm -hmm. I I think that, and if uh, I'm looking on Facebook, I'm on a, the Fitchburg Historical Society site, and if you if you live in Fitchburg. Um, they just featured another big uh, stone wall, retaining wall with some old photographs. It was in the Cleghorn area. Um, many of the hillsides there. That was just a, a dry laid uh, granite granite wall, and they probably for sure came from our quarry just up the hill there. But you know, it must be 15, 20 feet high, 
uh, holding houses and stuff up above the particular roadway, like High Street and Mechanic Street also. Yes. As you're driving north on Mechanic Street uh, to the right side, the downhill side, uh, there's there are some supersized uh, stone retaining walls there also, block granite, very close to, uh, here's a, I don't know, if, maybe if I can stop sharing here or not, this I isn't can't, going, I can't quite see it, isn't going, yeah, it's too small, um, but, but it's some, was... some great images of uh, very high, uh, wonderfully uh, dressed, but random sized granite, granite retaining walls, very similar to the one on Kimball Street, uh, just below the Laurel Hill Cemetery. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, which is huge. Um, the High Street, Mechanic Street, um, and, and others. And these were all done with, you know, um, in place derricks and and animal power <laughs> oh, holding sure. ox and tackle <laughs> and a lot of manpower putting it in and, and you know very tight well fitted stones that you know the masons involved with the dry laid walls or uh, um, super crafts people they were you know Fitchburg residents and uh, more than likely came from our own quarry just brought down the hill and I think Peter. Uh, also has records of, you know, the quarry shipping by train uh, our stonework to other vicinities and other communities and things that, uh, you know, one of the major quarries in, I would say major quarries in Massachusetts that, uh, you know, build our region. So. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, it, that's always been a... Well, it, it's fascinating. Also, so I, I, I don't want to forget this. I've had calls from friends who have left Fitchburg many years ago, but now are in Florida and places where it's nice and warm. And I've had a, a couple of friends calling in the last couple of weeks. They're tuned into the wonderful photographs that the Historical Society has mm -hmm. on Facebook. And they're so excited. You know, they'll call and say, Ellen, where, where, where's this? And then they describe it. But mm -hmm. they, they think it's wonderful. Yep. Um, and, it, and it's great now Facebook and other uh, media types of things are are kind of spreading the word. Of course, you have to be interested in the history to kind of sign on to them. So um, most of our population isn't getting that. So understanding how we can uh, present this and perhaps with um, and, and as examples, uh, both our our 1800 you know post-colonial era uh, land division stone walls um, and farmlands etc and even obviously before that is property lines and field lines and our um, locally quarried let's say man not manufactured stone but uh, dressed stone and the the skilled quarrymen, the skilled masons that were able to build these walls that have stood for, you know, 100 years or more. Um, many of there are railroad crossings 
mm-hmm. uh, are stone arched, uh, or at least dry stone abutments that have a steel bridge over them. I know in River Street and other areas, uh, off of Sawyer Passway is, uh, and behind uh, Market Basket is a three arched stone bridge, or a pair of them actually that carry the railroad lines coming into the uh, railroad station. Mm-hmm. Um, and off of River Street, there's a three arch bridge that uh, as it's going out toward the Crocker Mill area, uh, it's hard to see through the vegetation, but it's a wonderfully strong, huge, big bridge uh, right next to the railroad bridge and the uh, Fitchburg Paper Company's new modern office structure there just within a a stone's throw of there. So it, um, anyhow, I I think as we present these, having having some good images and things can help. uh, give examples of uh, buildings that could buildings and stone protection. And if anything, all we, we really want to do is have people aware of it and be aware of their value and they will preserve them, I think. Um, whether it's through just education or legislation, um, we are uh, looking at it and, and legislation kind of makes people become aware of it. Absolutely, and, and you know how to how to do that with uh, um, backing of the of the community as a whole. Um, we talked about this many times, so sorry I'm uh, uh, joining you. And, and how do how do we do this? And, Thank you, Keith. The again uh, again speaking when you're speaking to your local. Uh, representatives uh, on the council, uh, you know, discussing both of these and, and being armed with uh, with some examples and uh, perhaps things that are in your own neighborhoods uh, and obviously uh, within public view of kind of everybody as we enjoy our city. So. You know, it's uh, I know you mentioned the. Uh... Historical Society Facebook page, which is getting lots of photos, but that's lots of building photos, historic yes. buildings. That's that's kind of promoting our demolition delay uh, purpose, in in effect, and as well as you know these granite wall photos are up there now. And so it's we're starting to get you know the topics promoted. It's right wonderful. There that, Thank you. Site. Yeah, we should be commenting on those buildings and stuff and, yeah. and, and getting and, in getting in the word we want to keep these we want to preserve them yeah and, and, and yeah. if we if we can get some city council people as excited about it as we are right. um, that that's just another way of, of uh, you know we're not aware of it until we start thinking about them and we start realizing wait a minute this is this is this is unique this is different um this is uh, this is a rare piece of history of our our own community so mm-hmm. all right um update on historic districts information brochure 
map information guide, signage, web posting, and Fitchburg State faculty-led student project coordination. Um, we met not too many weeks ago, uh, early February with uh, Morgan St. Pierre, who is graciously uh, working to get this finished up for us. Uh, good progress. We've sent uh, some additional edits on that she's working on now. Uh, I have some uh, for the proposed signage that would depict the districts on our uh, city streets as you're entering uh, one district or another up Main Street area. Um, I'm got behind, but I have some a little bit of edits for the small bit of text that's going to be 20 words or less on these signs, along with a map of the district that would be uh, hopefully put up in on our main street area for these entering districts from different streets. And I hope to have that to Morgan for her kind of finalizing of the six different district signs that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm a little bit behind in that. I uh, haven't, uh, but I'll uh, pass those on with copies to uh, the Don and Ellen. And uh, I guess we should be copying everybody on the commission by now. I think we're getting pretty good close to the end. Mm -hmm. And I would like to, I'm thinking um, planning and community development department is uh, going to be involved soon on this. I'd like to get, maybe share our draft with them so we can get kind of some last minute comments or edits from. Oh, that would be wonderful. Um, because they're, you know, we're, we're kind of working in a vacuum and they're working with signage and things also. And I think uh, coordinating sooner with them than later would be a, a good idea. So I will, uh, contact Liz and see if she has somebody on the, her department there that might want to take a look at it. And um, go get some early uh, feedback and on this also. So that's uh, some good progress and we're hoping for uh, some more by the end of this month. Uh, Wallace Building Entry Stone Reuse um, I believe in, in the last minutes, um, I was kind of quoted as saying that maybe the RW stone would go to the uh, rail trail. And I think I I miss, misspoke then, or I was uh, thinking too far ahead of what I was talking about. Mm. I think the RW stone, we had already talked about perhaps a library, maybe being able to incorporate yes. that in their um outside park area or whatever if there is room mm -hmm. uh but perhaps many of the other stones might be able to be used as uh, incorporated uh, with the park design uh or resting areas and things and being able to way of perhaps displaying these without them being uh, walked off with uh at various spots along the rail trail might be maybe appropriate. Uh, thinking out loud, I'm thinking perhaps um, I should 
mentioned this to the uh, the landscape architects that are obviously doing the planning for these areas and helping to coordinate historic signs along the way. And if I am able to make contact with them, I'll, I'll uh, copy you, or if we get into a discussion, I'll invite everybody to join if, if possible. I, I'd be very grateful to be part of that. Um, I, I uh, Andy was with uh, with us. Sharon looked at the art. Sharon Bernard, the former director of the library, knows about the RW sign, and um, I know she was going to convey the information to the architects involved in um, the library. So that would be wonderful. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on the uh, reuse of the stones that maybe? being disappearing soon. I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in case somebody's going to be demolishing the building or well, whatever new uses there, so. The, 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 the uh, prospective tenant for that area is, is no longer a prospective tenant. So we still have a little time. Okay. We have some nice cold storage. <laughs> <laughs> Ideal for stones. All right. Um, very good. Um, historic marker. Historic marker. And by the way, if the GE plant were probably over 50 years old and we had a, a demolition delay on that, I wonder how we would um, help to recommend perhaps a saving and reuse of that grand cathedral space <laughs> or industrial basilica uh, mm. structure. Uh, just a thought on the side of. Um, oh, I think it's a, I think it's a magnif magnificent space. Yeah, and, and somebody thinking of reuse uh, as a possible rather than demolition would be an interesting topic for a building like that. And many of our older industrial buildings, some of them much older than that, are obviously getting some reuse ideas by creative ideas, including Harper Furniture, mm -hmm. uh, Ivor Johnson, uh, the Yarn Mill, um, and others in our city, including uh, the, um, over in Cleghorn, the National Register properties over there that have used mm -hmm. tax credits and so forth for their reuse of uh, housing, well. housing and agricultural use, so. mm -hmm. um, which is a big thing, agricultural use in our city's buildings. So. Um, historic marker, uh, I have an update on this. Okay. Um, I have tried again to contact the New Jersey um, sign painters, and I've called them also and left messages and still not heard back. Um, I have since gone ahead and contacted Was Arthur, uh, kind of our next in line. Uh, they have agreed uh, to provide the markers. Um, I have gone ahead with your... your uh, blessing at number two to sign them up as the new marker uh sign painter marker painter for us um what um 
which will work very similar. We get the review, the check will be made out to the sign painter. We'll pass on the application with the approved layout and wording. And the, the resident or building owners will be able to pick up their completed sign uh, here in Fitchburg at the sign painters. Do you need a vote for that? Um, I think I got the blessing beyond, but if we want to vote on it uh, with Voss Arthur as the new um, sign painter. So move. Second. 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 Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? None. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm delighted it's a Fitchburg business too. Yep. And I, I think it'll be good, uh, good high quality. Um, it is painted and it's uh, good, good long lasting signs with the same graphics that we're talking about before. Mm -hmm. And at a, a reasonable price also. So the, uh, the people who had uh, sent in the request for historic marker, but were, did not receive their historic marker, um, if, uh, if they pay the additional money, will they then get the, their, their historic marker? Um, my correspondence uh, last month with the heirs of the uh, previous sign painter are they are in the middle of settling um, Mr. Leonard's estate um, and his finances. And they were they were saying they're hoping in the near future to reimburse the free signs that were the funds were deposited. Uh, but he passed away before he was able to make them. Uh, so I believe this spring is uh, their intention of of what will happen. Um, so should the, the, the people who sent in their checks and had them deposited, should they wait for reimbursement from Mr. Leonard's estate or should they go ahead and order from the, this new company? Um, both. Um, it, as they're kind of two separate um, financial entities, we can't put the, the past financial burden on the new sign painter. So th those three signs will be reimbursed and, <coughs> from the previous sign painter. And I will contact um, and, and let the, those three signs um, that this is a new opportunity and the new cost for uh, the, the to do it, and that they can make up their minds if they want to go ahead and do it or just receive their money back from the past one. It sounds good. All right, and I will try to get the. Uh, I'll come up with a new application form with a new cost structure and who it made, who it, uh, who the checks are made out for, and I will past that I can I'll send it out to the the full commission for your review as an edit on the draft of it and, uh, and then we'll try to get that posted on the website and send those applications 
out to the previously un, uh, unresolved <laughs> signed people. Uh, we do have one additional sign request in uh, that I'll send them the new information. I had already let them know that we're between sign painters and that I would send it out for them. And um, as we go forward, we'll we'll try to re-advertise and get some in interest behind this. I think it's, again, one of those good visual things to uh, make people proud of their buildings and share their history with others. Any other questions, thoughts? Okay, number 10, possible project to document and share Main Street buildings, histories, historic districts, tax credit, and other restoration reuse incentives. Uh, I know Ellen is, is uh, working on this and I'd like to see some others kind of help with the research and text and putting this together. You know, um, I, I'm, I got a new map <clears throat> from the city and everything's all on, you know, on, on one page. And um, so I'm, I'm identifying the, you know, the, um, the buildings that, um, you know, are directly involved in the historic districts. I don't have the buildings for the um, Upper Common Historic District. Do you have something about that, Keith? The buildings that are, um, yes. are included, the, I, the contributing I have, buildings? I have a, a draft of the proposal that that has a list of all <clears throat> the various different buildings uh, and, and brief histories on each one of them that they're including. Mm -hmm. um, not quite the final version that they're submitting to national parks. This is, this is a one that had corrections that haven't been made yet from Mass Historical Commission. Okay. Uh, I can print that out and put draft on it and- um, well, that, that would and drop, be great. Cause... Drop it off. Let me make a note of that. Thank you. I think it's important also as, as we look at our brochure map, we're kind of missing everything below Monument Park on Main Street. It includes a Dickinson building and uh, except for a couple HM Francis buildings all the way from uh, well, even buildings like the the Granite Apartment Building at Morin Square on the corner between Lunenburg and uh, Summer Street, you know that's not listed anywhere in our brochure because it it is H M Francis, but it isn't in the in isn't in the overlay district. And this would be an opportunity. Oh, to, it isn't. I don't believe so. Oh, I, I know. I, I know it's an H M Francis building. Yeah. But I, um, you know, the research I did included stuff on that. Yeah, it's it is it is it is probably it's not each. It is in the Morin Square district. I'm sure it is there. I'll take that back, and and listed. Um, but buildings like the the Park Building, which is the old Sovereign Bank, or recently the Sovereign Bank Building, uh, which is a terrific building. 
Oh, it's uh, magnificent. And and it's just kind of all butchered up on with paint and so forth on the outside. But it, it is a magnificent gateway structure to Main Street from Water Street. And, it really, it really is. Yeah, and you know, buildings that you know from that end of Main Street going up the Dickinson Building, uh, the you know, in the corner of Cushing and mm -hmm. uh, and the Cogswell, the Cogswell Building. Yeah, the Cogswell Building, the the other Dickinson Building next door to it that is is an HM Francis. Uh, and other buildings as you as we go up Main Street that uh, to the park, it's, you know they they're kind of overlooked a little bit, and they you know, they're kind of missing from the Upper Common District. They're kind of missing from uh, you know there's kind of that blank area below Monument Park. The, the old square. retail, excuse me, it, that's really the old retail area yeah. uh, from Blossom Street to um, Putnam. And yeah. there, is, there, there are some lovely buildings. Yes, indeed. And, and, and they're over 50 ideally, years. Ideally, <laughs> that, that would, would be nice if it turned into a historic district also. Um, in a lower Main Street or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, that could include those very important buildings that are, you know, not around a, a park or an upper common or whatever. And you know, there's certainly um, certainly have a lot of historic uh, visual value to them and uh, historic history behind them. That this 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 project you're starting is is going to be able to highlight these. So. Anyway, I will get the Upper Common draft to you. Thank you. In paper version. And I'll try to send it digitally also so you can okay. uh, uh, grab stuff out of it and reuse it mm -hmm. if necessary. Um, I want to ask about the Dickinson building because I saw we had an email about it, uh, them doing restoration on it. Is that right? Or, uh, what we I forwarded to you was a copy from community development, a letter that they sent back to Mass Historical, mm -hmm. um, noting that the work being done was primarily for access and handicap access or uh, universal access to various doorways. And this is what I, I believe the city was involved with some funding in it. And historical commission because the buildings were of certain age um, and surveyed um, in the historic survey macros list that Mass Historical had a purview of uh, a write-off on it. So uh, I sent it to all the members also. I believe it was primarily like where Strong Coffee is or that lower Boulder Drive entrance. Yes. Um, was not handicap accessible and they were making it accessible into the doorway and then making it accessible into the storefront, which is now Strong Style Coffee or Strong Style Cafe or whatever it's called. And also some other use of the lower level um, 
Or going up Mill Street. Um, not on not on Mill Street, but actually under the uh, the old uh, nightclub area. That that bottom yes. level mm -hmm. uh, of making that into accessible um, commercial space, also. And there's there's some I noticed um, a drive past Cushing Street that there was. The, the side wall was falling down and they had some temporary braces on the wall there. The city's making that, uh, discontinuing the street, actually going up the steep grade there yeah. and creating it a pedestrian way for the restaurant areas and things there. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw there's some big diagonal bracing holding up the three stories of brick that were leaning toward Cushing Street off. Yes, yes. Um, well, somebody... Somebody said, to, I, I haven't seen it because I haven't had an opportunity to get out, but um, someone said that, um, it, that it may have been caused by all the work that was done on the street below Cushing, you know, just below Cushing, there was yeah. a lot of construction work there. And yeah. there's a concern that that might have caused the... Um, shaking up of, of the Dickinson building. Hmm. Yeah, could be. It looked like the wall structure was moving away from the floor structure. Uh, the wall structure is mainly brick masonry with lots and lots of windows and the probably the interior floor framing of the two or three floors going up above that is wood and timber type of construction or that ties into it. So. Those connections weren't holding each other in place very well. So, mm -hmm. didn't hasn't uh, that even hasn't that even closed down the strong coffee shop? It appeared like oh, it, it did because it appeared wall like it was closed. So, is unsafe. Yeah, yeah. So, hopefully, that that's an unfortunate financial burden uh, right. on the owners of that, and hopefully, there's. Um, there's some help coming, you know, perhaps from work by working on the streets, et cetera, that could have started the uh, mm -hmm. a little bit of shaking going on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, oh, so Main Street, any other volunteers to help uh, do some research? Uh, certainly um, having these blurbs and creating a map let us know, Ellen, how we can help you with that too. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had <clears throat> I had to put it on hold for a couple of weeks because <clears throat> I had some surgery, but I've got it. It's now occupying my dining room table once again. Good. <laughs> our clutter, I our clutter is good. Sorry, I think Charles would be excellent. For, not to volunteer, Charles, but uh, mm -hmm. he, he knows quite a bit about the uh, buildings on Main Street and the area around that certainly more than I do. And, uh, we, we might specifically ask him if he would like to help Ellen on that. Well, I, I'm, the, the buildings that I'm outlining are the ones that contribute to an historic district. Is that the, um, I mean, this is really, 
an economic development proposal also, our you know, revitalization program that we would be um, cooperating with the city. Yeah, and it, it would be, I, I'm wondering as a suggestion, if we had buildings that were not, you know, like the Dickinson building is not in a district and it's not registered, um, but knowing the owners, I think the owners obviously know, but other property owners along Main Street might might not have access to or know where to find the brief history of their buildings. Mm -hmm. And kind of they, their inherent heritage and value to the city and being able to take it upon themselves or to help spearhead um, being created into a district like mm, this, mm. like this, this, this area that's not in any district right now, um, would be important for those buildings that are. Well, clearly, um, the what, what was the originally the Worcester North Building, which is right there in the center of Depot Square. Um, I I can't tell you how sad. It makes me to think that no one has been interested in doing anything with that building. I worked there for several years and it, it, the inside was, you know, really very well um, designed and the, the, there was quality, um, you know, material that, that was used for the interior. And the, um, there was, I think we only had one elevator. Um, I, no. I, I, I think it was from the main, the main floor. I don't, it didn't, I don't think it went to the basement, but I could be wrong about that. But it was a, and, and it was a building filled with light. That was the other nice thing about it. Yeah, it's not that, not that deep from, and it has a, a wonderful southeast facing facade that, mm. that's uh, open to sunlight, um, kind of the back of the building. But it's also the views across the wonderful valley there of the river and the railroad and uh, Laurel Hill just across and talk about views. It is uh, and, and thinking ahead, I, I had I think Ellen remembers this perhaps, but I had, I had a when I was teaching, I had a, a architecture class look at the building as as kind of an introduction mm -hmm. to um, reuse of buildings and preservation and it's something close in their own backyard. And uh, there, there, there was certainly lots of opportunities for multi-use uh, like other buildings, like the Harper Furniture for mm. mixed use of commercial and residential. Um, obviously with a train station, hop, skip and a jump away. And I believe the same owners own the big parking lot, you know, just across Boulder Drive between the, the railroad. Well, it, it used to be owned by the bank. The parking lot yeah. was owned by the bank. And I think, you know, that's this the new owners still own that, including the building. So it's a great resource for certainly parking, uh, for additional perhaps low-rise structures, including parking, et cetera, for or open parking or covered parking or whatever, and other real estate venture in that area it could be additional housing or other commercial types of things. 
you know, again, just off of the, the new closed Cushing Street that's becoming a, a kind of an offshoot of Mill Street, which is kind of a festive restaurant, wine cellar type of area. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the restaurant that's um, in the old bank building uh, on the corner of Cushing next to the district. That's a, I believe it's a Mexican restaurant. It's a Mexican restaurant. And yep. the food is great. Yep. And, mm -hmm. you know, having that, that lower Main Street hopping with commercial and entertainment and uh, recreation, such as restaurants, et cetera, um, and strong coffee, uh, residents, more residents, train station traffic, uh, student traffic, because it is closer to, Pittsburgh State and that community also, and all of the you know great housing up up Island and uh, up Blossom Street, uh, all kind of nice walkable connection area of that piece of Main Street also. So it it has uh, great potential, and there's some great old photographs of what the park building mm -hmm. looked like before. Mm -hmm. Wonderful arched opening windows. Uh, it's accentuating the main entries. It's all been kind of modernized with particularly on the ground level and some other things, but it would, it's not far from uh, being uh, restored to some of its glory and having upper level apartments, particularly on that south side, perhaps even balconies hanging off that backside with outside spaces and the sunlight and all of those things. It could be a great a great treasure. Uh, yeah, could... One of the interesting things is uh, you're opposite the Dickinson Building is Riverfront Park. And it, it's very difficult to find for people who don't know where it is. There, there are really no signs for that. It's a lovely little park. It is. And and by the way, they have they they have a uh, bench there. Uh, that there doesn't seem to be a problem with, with people, homeless people sleeping on the bench because it doesn't have a, a center uh, railing in it to prevent that. It's a very, you know, it, so uh, I just mentioned that in passing. It, it uh, uh, yeah, that, that's an area that is, has huge potential. Um, and it, right now, it's not, it's not being fulfilled. I'd like to see it more being done there. Yeah, that, yeah. Here, here. Okay. Um, it sounds good. We're volunteering Charles to help, and I'm, I'm sure the rest of us will help also. <laughs> Don't tell um, anybody that he volunteered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't show up, you get volunteered. Yeah. Any okay. new new business from anyone? Things? Um, and I know last meeting we talked a lot about the rail trail ending location. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if any that's still ongoing kind of thing. Um, if, if that correct. Has it, it was. Um, it was interesting to hear Mayor, the mayor um, agreeing uh, that this is something the city could be working on. Um, 
I don't have any updates on it. I was um, at the last meeting, I would said I was going to try to contact Larry Casasa, who is, I believe, the current uh, president or chair or whatever of the Twin City Rail Trail. He, he's very involved. And, and uh, maybe just let him know our uh, thoughts and concerns for that end of it. And I'm sure he probably has some good ideas. Actually, Keith, um, I'd be glad to help you with that. Um, Larry and um, an, an, another, another friend of mine have been working together on it. And I've had it in mind to, because I just would enjoy seeing them again. But if I could help you um, take that off your list and contact Larry, um, would, would you want him to come to our next meeting? And perhaps they have you know, some kind of a plan on, on paper for where, where the um, trail is going to end. I mean, exactly where it's going to end and what options there are to, you know, to properly place the sign and what, what can, you know, what kind of information could be on the sign. I, I'd be glad to do that for you. Uh, great. I will, um, Let me see if we can get a joint call with him. If you don't, oh no, that's I, I, that's fine. That 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 sounds good, and I'm sure uh, uh, that would help reinforce it uh, because you know Larry probably much better than I do. So well, the the other fellow is Benny Donato, and um, he he and Larry have been uh, actually the two of them I can remember, and it was years and years ago when they started talking about this. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah. So they've put a lot of work into this. Yes, they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I believe that the Lemonster end is is going to be turning out quite quite nice, uh, beside their old uh, kind of one story train station, um, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, it, I think Fitchburg would you know do well to kind of upgrade theirs and uh, um, perhaps. See, see what we can get moving uh, politically to perhaps uh, gain some more property down there. So at, at our end, or gain okay. it. Okay. All, right. All right. I'll um, I'll commit to you that I will I will call Larry tonight and tell him that we'd like to talk with him. Great. And and if Benny's available, also. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get in touch with you in the morning. I've written it down so I won't forget. Great. Thank you, Ellen. That's great. You're welcome. Hey, this this may not be, uh, well, it, it probably is, but in terms of new business, Andy knows I, I have a new enthusiasm. Uh, it's beavers. <laughs> what? I, Beavers. I'm a beaver believer. Uh, oh, oh. The uh, I just read a book called Beaverland by Rhea Phillip. Um, and what is uh, what grabs me as a member of the historical commission is how extensive beavers have been in North America. Uh, some estimates run as high as 400 million 
Ebers in North America before the coming of European settlers. Um, and they transformed every one of the uh, rivers and streams. Now, I know our the historical commission's focus has been on uh, Fitchburg because of its industrial uh, history, which is certainly remarkable, and and, and you know that, that we, we need to be continuing that. But there is also, as part of the history of this area, um, is what one thing what what was it like before or what was it like e even in the early days when Fitchburg was starting out and becoming that industrial uh, uh, powerhouse um, what what was the interaction with the beavers <laughs> and you may say well Don what are you talking about well this is part of the history this is part of the history of Fitchburg that um, if, if the latest research on the, uh, the extensive uh, uh, extensiveness of the beaver transformation of the landscape, uh, if that's accurate, then there were lots of beavers around here. <laughs> there were this because there are so many streams, the Nashville River. Uh, all of that became transformed when when uh, uh, European settlers and, uh, came into this area. Uh, and as part of the history, if, if, and, and, and I also think in terms of economic revival, it would be very interesting to find out where there were the beaver dams, where the where there were the, the beaver lodges, uh, what, what streams were they on? I, I've been looking around, I'm pretty well convinced myself that in front of Applewild School was a beaver meadow um, because it has all of the characteristics of what was a beaver meadow. Um, now, I, I'm just pointing this out now because you're you're going to be probably hearing me talk more about beavers in the coming meetings. So just a forewarning. Okay. It's interesting. But well, uh, some of our early early residents, famous beavers, I knew. Um, <laughs> no, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Let's see. I, I could imagine the um, John Fitch Highway area with the Falula Brook, which was uh, yeah. meandering through and some of the recent anti-flood things the city has been doing there. Mm -hmm. But you know, all of those tributaries that end up into the Nashua um, were certainly highly affected uh, by the, the natural wildlife and critters that uh, that were dependent on the water and the the resources of it. 
I know right across from my house, I have, we enjoy a wonderful pond that since our 50 years of living here, the water level is uh, twice as deep as when we first got here. And, it, and it's uh, mainly because of the uh, stopping of beaver trapping and, and beaver control uh, sure. legislation that's happened. And, you know, they, they, they have a wonderful habitat and we're on waterfront property now, <laughs> almost <laughs> across the street, enjoying the, the fruits of their, their, uh, their damned life. You know, I, I'm just thinking about growing up here. There were lots of ponds. Uh, you know, they've all been filled in, but I, I, I can you know think of two or three that I would see going to school or going to Girl Scouts or whatever. And I, I've never wondered about <laughs> before I saw them and what happened there. And um, I know that many of them got filled in before, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a good possibility they, they were beaver ponds. Yes, I'm, I hadn't thought of that. It's just like, Dawn, you're, you're uh, responsible for my new interest in stone walls. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I'm only a passenger in the car, I get, I get to look a little bit better, more carefully. Mm -hmm. Well, I've given you the heads up, so <laughs> don't be surprised. Right? Okay. Um, I, I, it makes me wonder that the, the early residents that were using the river and started to harness their water power, um, if they actually started, you know, saying, well, this is a good spot. This is where the beavers built their dam. Yeah, uh, perhaps I will enhance their work <laughs> that they did here. Um, and, and, and there's evidence that while they were building their uh, their dam, they would use the pond that the beavers created to start working on their on their yeah. uh, their start their mill working. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, so they're, they're, it's. It's all, you know, quite fascinating. Even even all the Crocker Mill ponds, like as you go into West Fitchburg, yes. you're going up, yep. you're going up eleva elevation there. That's very yeah. 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 This, I don't know if you can see on the video. Um, this is downtown 1857 map. Um, this is Main Street. This is Mill Street. And mm -hmm. Boulder Drive kind of goes up through here. But there was obviously a large dam right here, which was very close to Strong Style Coffee. And, you know, the park building is, would be, you know, actually the park building would be over here in the future. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so the dam and the old granite mill building that we see in a lot of the pictures might be this structure right in here that was probably almost right in the middle of Boulder Drive as it is today. That um, was a, that was a handsome building. Yes, it, I don't remember it, but it was yeah. turned on not too long ago. So this was a dam. There was another dam up here off of uh, Putnam, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. 
and and these are different raceways or where the water from the dam would be running through the this is factory square up in this mm -hmm. area this is where crocker field is now mm -hmm. uh, so this is circle street this is rollstone i believe yes uh, so this was the dam right at rollstone street ran through uh, the high water would run the mill wheels and stuff in here and su supplied this factory and perhaps other factories down down the line from I, I, I think Dijon's I think Dijon's used to be in that area that you just um, most, um, brought our attention to yeah so these might have been old beaver dams <laughs> or the like yeah, that's that's the uh, the, uh, the the thinking is that the early mill owners built their dams right where the, the beavers had their dams. So there's this transformation um, yep. of the uh, of, of of the use of the waterways, and and one of one of the issues is that um, flooding. You know, Nashua River has flooded. Uh, and and we, we we talked about that recently, uh, you know the floodplain, and the, the what current scholarship is saying is that uh, restoration of beavers and beaver dams um, can help prevent flooding of of rivers um, because they. The notion was that rivers should be free flowing, kind of like Main Street was with the traffic. Yep. Let's get all the water through. Uh, and the beavers built dams and kind of the river began to meander, rivers began to meander. But it, it also uh, helped prevent the flooding uh, as a result. So they're looking at re. Restoring like New Haven, I think New Haven, Connecticut, uh, restoring beaver dams upriver uh, to prevent flooding in, uh, in New Haven, or is it Hartford? One of the Connecticut cities. I think some some towns are even looking at removing old dams, that, you know, that have started the leak. You know, that might be in danger human, of human dams. releasing. Yeah, human dams. Right. Yeah. Um, well, there was a dam. There was a dam um, um, along the National near on Bemis. You know where Bemis Road is, an, an airport road, right in yeah. there. Yeah. Well, the dam broke just above the um, Bemis Road area, and um, that caused a, a lot of problems. It cut, you know, it really cut that part of the city off because the. The, the the bridge just went when the dam when the dam went it, it caused the bridge to go too. Yeah, there's, uh, there's the a large there's hmm? a large dam here. This is uh, Twin City Rail Trail. Uh, this is um, Water Street. This is the liquor store and the Salvation Army Chapel over here. Uh, this is this is a big dam that you know you don't see it much because it's you know, 
it's a ways off of Water Street, ways off the rail trail also. Uh -huh. um, that could have been one. There's been, um, we actually, there's the Taggart, Taggart. up in uh, West Fitchburg. Westminster Street, Ashburnham, or Westminster Street, Ashburnham Street, I think. Um, that's going to be taken down. Um, I think we were a while ago were asked to comment on it or something, and I don't think we did anything on it. Uh, kind of lack of knowledge, but it is. I'm doing it. Let me get it to the right spot here. This is Park Hill. Is that Route Twelve? This is this is Route Twelve going up yeah. to. So Ashburnham, this is Route 31 going down toward Route 2 in Princeton. Right. And there's there is these factories all along here up off of uh, Sanborn Street. And this is the British or British American uh, club down here. Mm -hmm. So going up Sanborn Street, it ties into Westminster Hill Road. Right, right. And, and there's kind of the remains of an old, and this is the- Metaggots. Kind of a dried up Taggart, uh, I think it's called. It was Metaggots. McTaggart. And mm -hmm. this, this, I believe, is perhaps the dam and the dam control structure here. Mm -hmm. And this is, these are the, where's uh, the mills? Um, there's, there's several mills in the, the um, no, I'm not, the the stream actually runs down here that joins the Nashua River right, right. down off of Route 31. So there's a series of mills that were using that water. You can there was actually a large about a three or four foot diameter pipe that runs down <laughs> from the mill from the dam actually that actually fed some of the mills that were lower down here mm -hmm. uh, you know with a good strong head of water either for water power or for processing off of the stream so there is this kind of mill community up off of Sanborn Street here but this 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 dam is in the process of being decommissioned oh I believe for environmental purposes, just to let the stream run through. And it's interesting, Don, your argument of, well, that's not the way it was in nature when we had beavers doing it, that there were dams all over the place. Um, then it was kind of a natural thing to have our waterways having dams on them. So is it environmentally prudent to remove these man-made dams that were kind of replacing perhaps nature's dams. Um, and, one, and on the, the listserv, the Mass Historical Listserv uh, today and yesterday, there were several topics about um, one, one community was wondering about, you know, preserving a dam that the environmentalist, environmental part of the government wants to take take the dam out 
perhaps it's going to fail soon or, and there's a lot of dams in this category, similar to the, the, the McTaggart dam and probably other dams we have in our city. Many so of those. One of the difference, one of the differences of the beaver dams is that they, not only would they create ponds, but they would create wetlands. And wetlands would act as a buffer against flooding. Whereas if you take dams out and, and try to uh, create free-flowing rivers, that exacerbates the potential problem of flooding. Um, so, the, I mean, this is, this is uh, the argument that, that uh, has been proposed not only in Leo Phillips' book, but um, if you check online, there are a number of documentaries about beaver, beaver dams, and, and not to say that there aren't also problems with beaver dams, because as, as you pointed out, Keith, they um, uh, create uh, large uh, uh, ponds or, or even lakes that intrude on human habitation. But there is a solution to that. And, and the solution, there's a, a company in Massachusetts, it's noted, called Beaver Solutions. And they have pond leveling mechanisms to keep the ponds at a certain level so that they don't intrude. Oh yeah, there, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a popular swimming place. In my in my day, well, yeah, this is where the the stream runs down here and then eventually joins. It's a fairly steep valley running down through this yes. section, uh, and it connects with several old mill structures and foundations down the way that are an in interesting piece. Um, is there? Um, is there potentially some collaboration uh, with the Conservation Commission, and the Historical Society and Commission? This opens up all sorts of possibilities. Uh, you know, they, apparently there still are beaver in the area. Uh, I, if, you, if you go online and you, you type in Fitchburg beaver, you'll, you'll get a uh, videos of uh, beaver, two beaver walking into Cumberland Farms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 2018. Okay. Yeah, but one, one o'clock in the morning, they walked into Cumberland Farms. Um, <laughs> At the Claygon Rotary or something? Yeah, the Rotary. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and then looked around and walked out again. <laughs> two beavers walked into a bar. <laughs> no. no. Oh, we're having a nice tour. Oh, yeah. I love I love this building. Yeah, these are. Oh, I love that building. Workers' housing, probably. Yes, it was. It was. The Crockers built a lot of um, housing. This this some um, very interesting duplex brick duplex houses up on Sanborn Street, I think. Hmm. Hmm. But I do love that that um, yeah. that particular building. 
Yeah. I wanted to ask one more question before we go. Um, Keith, you mentioned the uh, South Fitchburg Railroad Station. Now, is that a building that still exists today? Do you know? It's it does. Yeah, Bemis Road or something. Is it yes. a house? Is it, it is a, a house, house now. It's a house now. Let me see if I have. I, I recently just got my curiosity going when you mentioned it last meeting. This is the um, Water Street is just on the right here on this side. This mm -hmm. is the this is the railroad. And Railroad, the platform for the station, uh -huh. the backside. Uh -huh. uh, Water Street is up here, and and then the house they, is still there. It's missing all, or the station is still there. It's a house now. It's yeah. missing all the brick bracket, but these two windows are here. I think uh, they've taken the sign yes. off of it. It's probably vinyl sided. Does it face Bemis Road? No, it it is. Let me see if I can get on. I think it might face Water, Water Street, right? Yeah. Um, Let me. Um, if you have a minute, I'll go. Sure. sure. <laughs> uh, I was wondering if it, I was wondering if it was opposite an old school they tore down to put up a like a Dollar Tree store. Yes. Yes. It's oh, almost opposite yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. I forget the name of that school. South Fitchburg. It was South Fitchburg School. Element, okay. Elementary School. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that was a beautiful, beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was a nice one. Right? Yeah, that, that, that's another piece of evidence for doing having a, a, a demolition delay ordinance because it would have been very nice to maintain that sure. building. We could have made apartments out of it, some nice ones or something. I, yeah. You know, we can put a dollar store right? in the bottom yeah. floor. Yeah. yeah. Right. Without having to tear the whole thing down. Okay. So this is the corner. Oh, this, this is Dollar Tree. Mm -hmm. This is the dollar store. Right. This is Bemis and Winnesock Road. Winnesock Road. Okay. So when you get down here, um, there's the railroad. I know you mentioned even putting a sign there on the rail trail, right? Yes. Um, as, a, as a historic marker. And and whether you know it, it you know is. Hope I haven't gone past it. Yep, this is it. Uh, this yellow building right here. Okay. So the yellow. Oh, oh, okay. And the rail trail is just right down here. Mm -hmm. uh, so is it? And this, is is, that, this is an old, older photo, but is that Water Street right here? Yes, this is Water Street. Um across the street, you know, the dollar store is, is, is up. You can see the parking right lot there. of the Th dollar, this used, dollar 
This used yes. to be the Pelletier's house on the right hand side. It was gorgeous. So yeah, it would it's, be it's a beautiful historic house. Right there. Oh, I, I haven't looked yet. That's not a house that I've really looked at, but I'm going to get one of my kids to take me by. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's not a, the, the sign would be on the rail trail. Here are the two windows that you could see yeah. from the other photograph here. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You know, all of the gingerbread has been removed and the, the hoods over the windows and obviously the siding. Um, you know, the structure is intact. It has a new addition off the back and a new addition off the side. It still has an in, interesting roof line to it. I don't know if that was the original roof line. Yep, that's pretty much the original roof line. Now, was it was it facing Water Street or was it facing towards Bemis Road? I mean, it, was the was the entrance on the Water Street side? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, you 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 could probably get in the station here, walk through, get your ticket, and the. The actual platform might have been on the lower level. Right, um, right. Then you have to look at the picture again. The, yeah. Um, Could you, would you mind sending the picture of the station to us? Oh, Magali, that's lovely. Yeah, it's a good picture of it. Mm. Yeah, so this is the, you know, Water Street was just here down, you know. Obviously, it's a little bit lower than this level. So this is the first floor. This is the second floor uh -huh. that you know maybe the station master lived in. Uh -huh. These are these opposing gable ends, and it probably had the same on the water. Street and this is line. this is what we could see here, right? With it with this, uh, this, on the left hand side. This is this is from the railroad side. Oh, okay. So this is this is the backyard of the house we could see from the yellow house that we could see. Okay. It now has an addition off of this side, and I think you know, it has whether it had that porch in the front or not that's closed in now. Uh, but it would be just interesting for someone to say, "Oh my God, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a shell of the station in this." It's a privately owned house now, obviously, uh, but it was originally the train station, and it now, could be awareness for people passing by of saying, "Wow, it looks so much better than." Maybe I won't put vinyl siding on my house after all. Uh, well, there's a. I can read um, on the right hand down on the right hand corner collection of Matthew D. C O S G. Yeah, I bet Matthew D. Cosgrove. It would be Cosgrove. Matthew D. Cosgrove. You know, I bet there might be some, I wonder if there's something at the museum, you know, at, at the I mean, Historical Society. Right. Matthew D. Cosgrove. Yeah, there's there's kind of an, a watermark on it that says Nashua City Station. Um, oh, yes, I can see that. Quite, I don't know if that's quite right, but I, I'll... Uh, I will send a copy to everybody. Oh, that's that's really wonderful. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I'm I'm not using the Fitchburg uh, Historical Commission uh, 
shortcut for addresses. Just I'm not sure if everybody's getting it, if Andy's name is included in the email thing or not. So I, I'm. Uh, Everybody's on the list now. Okay. Andy is Sam, Charles, Donald, Megan, myself. Mm -hmm. Well, now, now they're not there. Oh, I think it, I think they got um, shrunk down, shrunk down where it says four more. Yeah. Uh, I think. Let me. I'll just do it now if you don't mind. And. Uh, okay. I can find it again. My Fitchburg Historical Commission folder is getting quite full. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it, it could be an opportunity if this is one of the, it could be a, a signage. We could also have, this could represent the history of South Fitchburg mm -hmm. also. Yeah. yeah, the QR code that would connect into the, uh, the, the town farm or city farm. The uh, poor farm. The poor farm. Yeah. Uh, the um, city jail. Uh, mm -hmm. other things along water street along here that that could have some historic uh, and you know old images like like this that for somebody walking or using the uh, you know biking the trail mm -hmm. uh, you know it's just you know here here's a sign with a qr code on it or whatever they could download it onto their their phone and have access to this additional information and you know maybe there's a link to our website or to the historical society or something that uh, you know it just becomes a a way of uh connecting people to the heritage of the city if if they want to and uh, you know i i saw some people that you know just you know they're taking their morning walk they they park the car and they jump on the trail where you know close to where they live and they they walk a mile or something, come back to their car, and it, you know, it's 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 a nice, safe, uh, not too hilly, you know, nice level um, walking trail that's nicely maintained and uh, you know, kind of monitored by the people that use it. Mm -hmm. so, I, I can't I can't believe they even built a bridge over Route Two. Yeah. Uh, that's for that amazing. rail trail that that really you know said we you know we really want it's, to build this it's yeah. stunning <laughs> it is yeah but well I'll, I'll get it i'll get a hold of larry as a matter of fact i'll try to reach him tonight mm -hmm. okay um okay. I, any other new business and you know thanks everybody for uh, the long discussions and if not um our next meeting is for march 30th at 3 p.m mm -hmm. and um hopefully we have some progress on our projects that we're working on and 
entertain a motion to adjourn. I move so, that we adjourn um, the February meeting. Terrific. All in favor? Aye. Thank you very much. Aye. We'll see you, if not before, in February. And uh, let's work on our projects. So. Okay. Thank you.